0: to another amazing episode of Retro Retrovaniacs. As always, I'm Jeremy Parmentier here with Billy Holiday. Hello there. And Jeremy Gregory. Hey guys. And we are going to be talking about not the game I thought we were going to talk about last time. I promised this would be a patron episode, but I uh, was at the beach last week on vacation. I did not have enough time to put all the time I needed to into your game. So 16-bit Big Boss, your game is the next episode we're going to be doing. Because uh, I do want to do it. I don't want to do it a disservice. So I want to make sure I had time to play it. But instead, because I was at the beach... I, I just had, uh, I went fishing, and my son caught uh, among a bunch of smaller fish. We did catch a tiny shark, so that got me in the mood to talk about Ooh. Jaws for the Nintendo, which we're going to get to. However, before we do that, Billy, what have you been playing since our last
1: show? Oh, um, boy. Zelda, a little bit of Zelda, uh, a, a shocking amount of Fallout 76, <laughs> and a, a healthy amount of Diablo 4. Um, most of uh, all that in, in, in about equal parts. Um, I know there is someone else. They'll be happy to hear that. Um, my fiance is going strong with me on Stardew Valley and we did pick up another farmer also. So, uh, yeah, um, for that, that one person I think was really bothered by it. There's going to be a lot of Stardew talk still to come baby over the, over the months and probably years. Uh, but no, um, just kind of getting through Diablo 4, really enjoying it, um, really getting into Fallout 76. Um, Haven't played consistently in years, and man, I, I'd i be hard-pressed to see what complaints still exist that people had initially, um, you know, besides weird, you know, pay, pay things and whatnot, but still, uh, as far as the gameplay and all that, uh and zelda man zelda zelda it, it, what am i i'm not going to come on here and say anything bad about it. it it's so good and i am really i'm doing the opposite of, i did with breath of the wild with breath of the wild i just pour through that thing and after the fact went back and really did the heft of the exploring i i there is so little story-wise i've completed because i'm trying to go the opposite i i want to cover every inch of that map before I really kind of dig in. I I want to enjoy the world on there and just kind of discover things and then sink my teeth heavily into the story. Uh, But at the same time, it's not a good idea to juggle three games, especially three games with a lot to them. And uh, if I I could go back and and change it, I would. But I'm just, I'm I'm so embroiled in all of them now that I, uh, I'm just, I'm just, Trying to figure out how to how to divvy my time, like a like a grown like a man with a fucking second life somewhere else. I'm just sitting there trying to figure out how to divvy up my time. Well, I didn't have any time. I thought I'd have more time to play games. I was going to the beach with my
0: in-laws, and I thought, okay, I get up super early, I'll have time to play, and I, I did, and I put a fair amount of time into the game we're going to talk about next week, which I'm not going to spoil now, mm-hmm. uh, but also that way if we delay it another week, I won't feel so bad, but uh, no, yeah. I, I do believe we're going to have uh, to to have it as our next show, but I, I put a lot of time into that game. Um, I also did uh, attempt to catch a fish, again, at Super Black Bass, because I caught a real fish. I still did not, um, but then I put, uh, you know by, uh, about halfway through last week, the new uh, Mario Kart tracks Came out, so because I was in a house with a bunch of kids, we did play a bunch of those new Mario Kart tracks. I, mm-hmm. I'm, you know, I know a lot of people have kind of gotten bored, I guess, because they, they they spaced them out so far. It's almost like who cares? It's some new tracks, and then they put them away and never play them again. Um, I, on the other hand, absolutely loved it, and since I had you know nine to. Nine to fourteen year olds hanging out. We played a lot of Mario Kart, and it uh, made me want to play a lot more of that. Also, some more Castle Crashers. My kids love Castle Crashers, and that's a good one to kind of just pick up with anybody because you can just play with characters that are super overpowered and make it easy for them, and it doesn't matter. Uh, but yeah, I, I, most of my time was spent not playing games. I didn't mind it at all. Did a lot of beach time. I went. I went on a boat a couple times. Uh, ate a lot of garbage and very excited. Uh, but I'm back home this week to to. to uh, to get a bunch of shows knocked out before I go out to Maine next. I'm doing all my vacation now, so that I'll be stuck in my house with no vacation for the rest of the year. That's how I like to roll. Uh, but, Jeremy, what have you been playing since our last show?
2: I put some more time into Final Fantasy 16. and mm. I'm still not to the point where I think I can really say a, a ton about it, you know, definitively, uh, as far as, like, you know, what the game's like and on over the long term and everything like that. I've made it through the beginning of the game. I'm about five to six hours in it. Still really enjoying it. And it seems like now I'm finally to the point where it's starting to open up a little bit. Uh, for anyone that was saying like, oh, you know, that every, it's just stage-based. It's just stage-based. It's, you know, level one, level two. And like, y- you haven't made it past three hours at that point. If you're saying stuff like that, they haven't gotten very far in. You know, it's not an open world, but it definitely does open up into these sections where whatever the main overall quest is, there's several parts where you're roaming around a large open area with towns and and stuff like that. it's there's a lot more to it than just going stage to stage, which is kind of actually what the beginning of the game is is like. Um, you know, it I can see how that could put people off. But hmm. the more you go into it, the more it actually opens up into what you would expect a Final Fantasy game to be. You know, even the uh, the whole comparison with Game of Thrones and stuff like that, like, that's there very heavy in the beginning with some weird Final Fantasy stuff kind of sprinkled on top. But as it gets going, the Game of Thrones stuff kind of goes a little bit into the background and the more Final Fantasy stuff comes to the front. So hmm. it's it's a lot of quick impressions out there for that game. And it, it seems like the more time you put into it, the more it, it becomes a, a more traditional Final Fantasy game, just minus the combat. And I will say, I was going to ask you guys, there is, whenever you first start this game up, there is two selections. You can choose either story focus or action focus. And oh. I have, in the past, whenever I've seen that, you know, I have always thought, well, it's an RPG. Let's go to story mode. You know, that, that kind of makes it sound like you're not going to get all the story. It's going to focus more on the action. But what it does is gives you basically uh, three, three or four accessories right from the start. Ooh. And one of them is like auto evade. So you can just dodge, you know, without having to do anything on your own, uh, auto heal. And, uh, there's one that's, uh, God, what's the other one? Something else that does something incredibly simple that takes some effort to do. And when you, you're not using it, it essentially makes it so that you can literally just press the square button over and over and over again and win the game. <laughs> you don't, you don't even really have to move. It's kind of crazy, like, how, how easy they make it in that. And I don't know if a lot of people are starting up like that and not noticing how easy that stuff is actually making the game. Because I Hang played up. with that stuff on there for a good three hours. And I was like, man, this just, like, this is just a, I'm not doing anything. Like, there's, there's not really anything here. And then I took those stuff, that stuff off and I was like, oh, wait, here's the game now. You know, this is what it, how it expects you to play it. So, like, I, I don't know if you guys would, you know, play it that way. Is that anything that you'd be interested? Because in? I'm, I'm, I'm not exaggerating when I say you can literally just press the square button and beat the entire game.
1: Yeah, that's uh I, that, that's not what I would have assumed from that. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I would have went into that just thinking I would, you know, miss key parts of the story. Maybe they cut down on some scenes or something. No, I mean it's 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 that is so strangely worded. Uh, I so I guess if you pick story you you just absolutely do not want to <laughs> have any action at all in it. Um is there an option to have like just is is action is that the one that's like the regular game? Is that or is action there action just action
2: is is without as far as I know is just the the game the story mode just without those accessories.
1: Okay. And again, so in story probably, mode,
2: you can just remove those accessories at any time. I just okay. didn't realize that that was something that it gave you in story is, mode only.
1: That is bizarre. I, I, that, is, that is strange. No, I, I don't. <laughs> I don't think because I, you know, I love the story um, in these games as convoluted as they can be, but not, you know, not the expense of just, you know, pressing the button and, and getting out of whatever fights. No, I, I, that would be something I'd be into.
0: Yeah, I would be disappointed if it was made it so that I could just hit one button and get through the game. That's that's why I didn't play Final Fantasy XIII too many times. But uh, actually, I like that game. But yeah, no, I can see that being an addition that Square puts in. That seems to be kind of the, the the way of most games. They'll have like a you know an easy mode so that the casual player can get through the whole game. No, no shame there. It's fine for what it is. But then if you want a little more challenge, they call it something else. So uh, I'm not surprised. But I guess I would I would also think story mode because I don't want to miss something as opposed to action mode. But uh, after playing 15, action mode is probably the bulk of that game. So I'm, I'm excited to try 16. If I ever get a PS5, I will definitely be doing so. Uh, but a game that's not on the PS5, at least at this time, is the game we're going to be talking about today, <laughs> Jaws, for the NES. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, don't hold your breath. Don't hold your breath on that one. Um, I, man, this game, this game. Um, I, you know, anybody that played it, uh, you know, probably already let out a groan, uh, you know, may have, may have cursed under their breath. Uh, but, man, I will preface this. Um, I'll, I'll tell you what I thought about it when I was younger. I won't show my hand yet for this. Uh, when I was younger, I picked this game. This is one of those games I bought just based on the it's Jaws. Uh, we were a big horror movie house. It's it's all my parents watched. I you know, I I knew all about Jaws, the film. Uh, so when this popped up, of, of course, you're going to get this cuz it's got to be great, right? Uh, you, you're uh, the first, you know, the first inclination is that you're going to be uh, Jaws, which you know, didn't happen until Decades later, but um, when I got it home and kind of saw what I was working with, um, the, the initial thought would be, well, you're not Jaws at all. Uh, they, in fact, there is very little Jaws in this game. Uh, and you, you would think the initial thought would just be disappointment, uh, kind of like with, uh, with the Predator game. Uh, but no, for some reason. Something about this game I just found very relaxed. Something about it clicked. And as a small kid, I would play this game. This game, uh, aside from maybe Zelda and uh, uh, Mario 3 and Mega Man 2, <laughs> got the most gameplay uh, of the, my Nintendo library. Um, I would, I, it's just It became that game that I would just sit there and zone out. And just and, and play through it, play through it and finish it. And I'd finish it and I'd start it again to see if I could do it quicker. Um, but no, it, just something about this game clicked with me. So I w- I was more than happy uh, to revisit this to see if that was just some, some weird thing going on that my parents probably should have me checked out for. Or if, if that game really was that damn good.
2: I think I mentioned on here before that I I played Jaws as well when I was a kid. And it was, I believe, the first Christmas that I had my my Nintendo. Like, my dad had got it when he... uh, He got the NES when he had got his tax check earlier that year. So it was my first big Christmas having the NES, so I was asking literally every family member that would listen uh, to get me an NES game. So I went over to my mom's the my grandma's my grandma's house on my mom's side which i i didn't really know them too well at the time you know i i didn't stay at my mom's very long or you know maybe like twice a month or something like that so it was you know, they were there but they were also a gift giving opportunity and mm. so i had asked for an NES game and i'm pretty sure i asked for several games you know, like Mega Man or Ninja Gaiden, things like that, that I had rented, that I really wanted. And I was super excited to get over there. That morning, my grandpa dropped me off, ran into the house, and she handed me a box. A box that looked exactly like an NES game. So I ripped it open, and there was Jaws. And that was nothing but disappointment to me, because not only had I never had any (laughs) I never mentioned to anyone that I wanted Jaws. I've never even seen Jaws. I just had no interest in it whatsoever. And it's like, what is this? And I think that was the first time that I played victim to a parental figure just going to Kmart Mm -hmm. and finding something in the clearance bin and being like, Mm. here, this is $20. How good can that Ninja Gaiden really be, you know, for $50, $60 when this is $25? And so that's what he's going to get. And that's what I got. And again, this was back in the day when I didn't have too many games. So I played the absolute hell out of this game for the longest time, not even knowing how, what I'm doing or why I'm doing it. And I, um, I never beat it as a kid. I didn't beat it until way later. We'll get into why I, you know, we didn't beat it or I didn't beat it specifically, but I, I still played it a ton, I didn't much care for it, but over time, I've kind of grown to like this game, uh-huh. <laughs> probably uh-huh. more uh-huh. Than, I, than anyone ever should, so if you're expecting this episode to be about a bunch of grown men just shitting on mm-hmm. Jaws for nope. the NES, I, I, I don't think this is going to be the
1: episode for you. There, there's no shit in here, we got our pants on for this, I mean, though most of us have already, we, we'll still shit with our pants on, but not on purpose. <laughs> Only if there's a cat involved. Only if there's cat, that's right.
0: I did not own this game on the Nintendo. It was one of those games that friends had, and I would go to sleep over at their house and be like, oh, let's try Jaws. And the response universally was, don't. Don't play Jaws. It's not very good. I still did. But, you know, picking up at a friend's house or renting it, uh, with no instructions whatsoever going into it, you probably wouldn't beat this game either. It's not the most simple game to figure out, and and we will definitely mm-hmm. explain why uh, why Jeremy didn't finish it and why I wouldn't have finished it until literally playing it for this podcast this time. Um, the the reason that I never bought this game, other than that, uh, you know, I, I had to be picky and, and careful, and therefore I probably wouldn't pick a game like like a Jaws or something that's based on a movie because I want to make sure I get... If I get to buy one mm-hmm. game a year, I'm going to buy a game I really want that has multiplayer. Um it's an LJN game, and we've talked about LJN in the past. If you're someone our age, yeah. you remember LJN is the name that's synonymous with garbage because they did put out some garbage. They put out, uh, a- along with with Jaws, uh, the same year in 1987, they also released in the U.S. the Karate Kid game, which is not very good, and Guts of the Sport, which is a light gun game, and therefore, uh, even though it's very simple and uh, very repetitive, there weren't very many light gun games. So to have another light gun game that wasn't total trash meant that it was okay, but they also put out... The Friday the 3rd game that we talked about on uh, one of our first Halloweens, that is surprisingly good mm-hmm. once you figure out what you're supposed to be doing. But as kids, none yeah. of us knew, and so we just thought it was trash. They did the Back to the Future games that were trash. They did Bill and Ted's wow. Excellent Video Game Adventure, which I've never played, but I saw it in Nintendo Power and thought, I, there's no way I'm buying this game. And they put out the worst, one of the worst games that on the NES overall, not just in my opinion, but it's a fact the X Men, Uncanny X Men game was LJN, which was hey, an yes. absolute. Trash Fest, and I'm surprised we haven't really played it. So, Jaws, as a kid, I didn't like. I didn't understand it. I, I didn't get it. Why would you make a game based on Jaws? Now, in my mind, Jaws was just an old movie then, right? Even though it, it came out in 1975, Jaws 2 came out in 1978, Jaws 3 d was 1983, and this game came out in 1987, mm-hmm. the same year that Jaws the Revenge came out. And essentially, this game is a video game version of... If you're going to tie it to any Jaws movie, Jaws the Revenge, because it's also, yeah. you know, based in the Bahamas like that movie is. It has the mm-hmm. same box art, more or less, that the movie poster was. Uh, and and it, it, I don't want to say it follows the plot of the movie, but it, at least it's in the same spot and it has Jaws in it. So we're going to take that. We're going to take that as, <laughs> as being based on, on Jaws the Revenge. Now, this game was developed by Westone. Uh, who would go on to be all the Wonder Boy games. That was was like their claim to fame. This was one of their earliest games. Uh, They aren't even credited on the game because they were all very disappointed with it. And actually, uh, LJN had contracted with Atlas because Atlas made tons of bad games before they became the the company they are now. And Atlas even was like, now we're going to subcontract this out. We don't want to do it. Uh, (laughs) That's fascinating only because it's another example of how in the, even in the NES days, which I consider, it's not the earliest days of console games. This definitely happened with Atari and and, uh, Intellivision and stuff. But this was another situation where companies just contract out to whoever no one got credited for any games it's impossible to figure out who made stuff uh, but in this case it was figured out this was Westone uh, who again would go on to do the Wonderboy games and pretend they never ever made this uh, because they did it much like the E.T. game they did it very quickly they weren't given a lot of time they the the, the company did want to get this out to correspond with Jaws the Revenge so they they built this very quickly and it feels like A very late Atari game where, like, we talked about some of those Atari games where they have, you know, once you have the instruction book in front of you, you can really see what it does. Like, oh, this does Mm -hmm. a lot more than you thought. But just picking it up and playing it, you're never going to figure out the point of the game. This is very similar. So, uh, as, as Billy mentioned, you're not Jaws in this game. You're just a guy trying to stop Jaws. You're on your fishing boat. So, the game starts with you on this, like, overworld map where you see your boat, and you're just sailing around from what looks like a, an anchor, which is a port, uh, and you're just walk, wandering around. Eventually, uh, it will say, like, you hit something, and, or Jaws attacks. One of the, you hit something, or, or Jaws attacks you, and you switch to a side view uh, underwater section, right? You're on your boat at first, mm-hmm. and then you will go out as a little diver, and if you're not attacking Jaws, if you just hit something, then you're going out using your spear gun to fight fish and jellyfish. All you're doing there is killing them to get shells that will drop. Uh when you, when you get shells, they pick them up. There's a shell counter at the bottom, so they have to have some importance. Uh, you can also get stars, which give you just straight points. Uh, or you can get uh, these orange crabs that will fall out of the, <laughs> out of the jellyfish or the fish. Uh, and they will give you speed. They make your diver move a little bit faster. At first, you don't notice it. But once you get a couple of them, you really are flying around that pretty well. Uh, for better or worse. Much like any gamer you get to speed up, you can probably overdo it. Uh, but normally, you get two or three of those, you feel pretty good. You can outmaneuver almost any fish. And as long as you don't touch any of those fish... After you kill so many, it will go back to the overworld screen where you're on your boat, and you sail around again aimlessly until, again, it says you hit something or Jaws attacks you. Now, if Jaws attacks you, it goes to the same kind of screen, but Jaws will immediately come after your boat. Once he hits your boat, which is inevitable, he has to hit your boat, it will switch to the diver, and then you spend the next several minutes just dodging a very, very slow moving Jaws back and forth across the bottom of the screen while you try to shoot him until eventually he sails, he, you know, he goes away. As a kid, this is as far as I ever got. I would finally get Jaws to show up somehow. Ooh. I would uh, I would try to take him on. I, you'd never do enough damage to him. You could stab him all day uh, at the start of the game, and you'll do like three points of damage. He has a life bar at the bottom that has like 15 or 20 lines. Uh, you'll get two or three lines gone, and then he'll, he'll swim away. And if you get him to come back, he'll have full life again, and you'll get two or three lines down, and he swims away. So I... I as a kid, I didn't have the patience. I didn't own this game, so I didn't have the time to really dig into it. And at a friend's house, it's like, as soon as I have it once, you're like, yeah, you're right. I didn't want to play this. Let's play anything else. I'm not a big fan. Uh, is that kind of where you got with this too, Jeremy? Or, or was was there another reason that you couldn't finish this game earlier? I I eventually figured, because
2: of how much I played the damn game, I eventually figured it out. Um, but, you know, it, it's it's just... It's puzzling. It is is a very puzzling game whenever you first turn it on. You know, you're just kind of out in the open water. You hit something, you're underwater, you're collecting shells and stuff like that, and you don't really know why you're doing anything. And back then, I wasn't used to that in a game. Like, I was used to Mario and and other games where you, you have a clear goal as to what you're doing and why you're doing it. Jaws doesn't give you any idea what the hell you're supposed to be doing. Why is Jaws invincible? Why is he already coming at me? You know, mm-hmm. what do I need to do? What is anything in this, this game? And you just kind of have to figure it out. And eventually I did. The, the real thing that I couldn't figure out was how to actually beat Jaws in the final section, <laughs> yeah. which mm-hmm. I will say is the worst part oh, of the man. game.
1: And, and I've done it many a time. To- Not to skip ahead. I've done it many a time. And when we come to time to discuss it... I can't really tell you what to do. Uh, just, uh, just get lucky, uh, basically. But no, um, I this must have been one of those that I read the instructions kind of kind of thorough because it it may seem that you're getting these random encounters aimlessly throughout. You know, you get you get shells as you go along. Uh, you want to collect those, fucker. You want to collect as many of those as you can because there are two ports. In the game, one where you start off, another one, you know, over on the other side of the map. It's not a large map. Uh, It's it's a very small map, actually. Uh, From that port, you can go down a little bit, then you can kind of do a little loop around the other port. And that's that's what you're working with. Um, But you. You want the kind of like grinding in, in, in an RPG, you want those random encounters to pop up. Uh, and, and get more shells, and then you pull into the opposite port, and you get an upgrade. Um, whether it's damage, whether it's a, a radar that tells you when Jaws is nearby, the the first god two thirds of this, besides the Jaws section at the end, is just essentially that's your method of leveling up is collecting those shells and you know heading into port and and picking up whatever whatever you get from there and it it eventually gets it to where you you get a little bit of advantage you're not just a diver every time you go in sometimes you start with a a little ship that has a pretty damn hard-hitting rapid fire cannonballs (laughs) that come out of it uh it's, it's it's just one of those things where once you figure out what the loop is and what you're trying to do um it makes sense, but it doesn't mean you're going to enjoy it, because it is... I, this may be one of the earliest instances of a grind I had in a game. Uh, it's a little more action-packed, because it does vary. Um, as far as the water levels go, I mean, there's like two different ones. There's one where there's plenty of room, there's two where it's a little more shallow. Uh, that one's dangerous as hell, because you do not have a lot of time to react to enemies, and your diver is not the quickest... Uh, the quickest moving character in the world does. All right. But uh, on that one where there's not a lot of notice, yeah, that one can be a little dodgy. Um, But essentially what you're doing is just, is just powering it up, powering it up, powering yourself up. And you're going to go from dreading that Jaws encounter to looking for it. Because every time Jaws pops up, he has a life bar. And if the first time you face him, you can wail on him all day. And you might knock a bar, and I mean one bar out of like 30, off that life bar. Uh, but you'll find, after many trips into port, you're you're starting to wear that bar down. And that is your, that is for two-thirds, that to get to the end game, that is your goal, is to wear that down. Um, so, I mean, did, did you guys, once you found out basically the the loop of the shells go to port shells, go to port. Was it, was it enjoyable at all? Like when, once you figured out, like just what the hell you were trying to do, like, did you, cause I love that. I love that concept. Let's see how quick that was the thing as a kid. It's like, let's see how quick I, let's see how many shells, like how quick I can get powered up. Like let's get me to the point where I am just wearing that fucking bar down on jaws when he shows up.
0: Yes. Once I figured out that was the goal and like okay you what know, I realized there was a second port and I did read the manual. Once after I played this first I was like okay, let me read the manual cuz I'm missing something here. And yes, there's two ports. There's one on the left side of the map, one on the right side of the map, and you do you basically go from one port to the other. Um, once you have for example 3 shells, you need 3 shells for the first upgrade, you get into the port on the opposite side and you'll get the transmitter. That's what Billy mentioned. You can kind of find it where jaws is. It does a little beep when he's nearby. And then when he's close enough his fin comes out of the water and you can see him. You can actually get away from him if you see the fin at that point, but uh, a lot of the time if you don't have the transmitter all of a sudden the fin just pops up and you get hit and you have to deal with jaws then but once you have the transmitter it's easy to avoid him if you want to avoid him or to find him when you finally want to find him uh after that then you take your you know go from that port on the right and go all the way back to the left again if you can avoid jaws and get a few more shells uh with three more shells you go from power level one to power level two and then it's five shells to power level three seven shells to power level four um It's easy to get the first couple levels, I thought. It was easy to kind of get together six shells, basically, and do the loop. Go get your transmitter, get to power level two, no problem. Um, If you're lucky enough, when you get one of those attacks where you're, uh, not a Jaws attack, but when you're in just, you know, oh, you hit something and you fight the, the fish that come across and the the jellyfish, Uh, the fish will move left to right, the jellyfish move just from the bottom of the screen up. They kind of float up to the top of the screen at the very beginning. Uh, Later on, they do start moving. Those jellyfish will start darting left and right a little bit, uh, even though it's very easy to dodge them. When everything else is going on, once I got to about power level three, those jellyfish would start moving in those diagonals. And then if you do die, you only have three lives. There's no way to get any more. If you get hit by anything, jaws or any fish, You lose one of your lives, you lose half of the total shells you have, and you lose one level of power and the transmitter. So let's say you're level three, you get hit by Jaws, all of a sudden you've lost your transmitter and you're level two again, which means you have to go out, get a bunch more shells to get a new transmitter, get a bunch more shells to get a couple more levels. I found that if I was level four, I was properly leveled enough to take on Jaws, um, even though when you fight Jaws and he runs away, he does regain a little bit of health. If you can do about half of his health in one pass, when you get to him next time, he's only gained a little bit more. So you can go back and kind of whittle him away two or three trips at level four uh, where you'll have no problem taking Jaws down. Now, I never actually got the sub. I know what you're talking about, Billy. There is, uh, after you get to a certain power level, uh, a sub will show up on part of the map. You can go get it. And then instead of being a diver, you are in a submarine. That will absorb one hit and then the submarine goes away. So you can actually kind of get a, a... like a shield almost, but it also does have much more powerful weapons than your regular diver uh, that will help you take out Jaws as well. Yeah, it, it, uh, this is a short game. Once you know what you're doing, I mean, I when I finally did my successful run on it, it was maybe a 20-minute run, and that was trying to make sure I could get as powerful as I could until finally I finally was like, you know what, I'm just going to go take Jaws on and see what I could do. Uh, Jeremy, did you have the same kind of, once you kind of, like, it clicked with you, is that the same kind of way, or did you like to take your time and really power up but to take on Jaws in, like, two hits? I was so tired of this game as a kid that I was, I, I any
2: time that I could start taking Jaws down, I was. That's what I wanted to do. So yeah, if you know, once I figured out what I needed to do, I I just went for Jaws, and all I ever wanted to do was to beat him, <laughs> and I never did. And I didn't know as a kid if there was if I was just
0: missing something at that point, but I, I don't think I am. Well, you you were you able to get to the final Jaws kill scene? We kind of mentioned before. As a kid, were you able to get there? Because I didn't see it until basically now when I figured out how to actually play this game.
2: Yeah, yeah, I could I could beat regular Jaws out in the regular ocean, but then when it switches over to the boss fight, the actual final boss fight, where he's coming towards the ship, and and then he jumps up, and you're supposed to spear him with the front of your your ship or whatever. I could never, I could never do that. I did, I've tried multiple times to the point where I just thought it was either impossible or I just didn't know what I was
1: doing. Let me tell you, let me tell you, to this day, and I, as someone who has done this many times, um, you, you do get like a little little call that will um, kind of make Jaws pop up. And it's just, it's, it's a matter of lining it up. Jaws has got to be in the center of the screen and and a button does a little, little thrust with the ship And you've got to run him through with that. But he has got to be right in the center. Uh, The the only problem is I still to this day have trouble predicting when he's going. Sometimes he's coming straight down and he'll maybe go a little to the left, a little to the right. Sometimes he will be right dead center and at the very last second cut a direction. Um, You're supposed to have the foresight to go in that direction also every time I've gotten this, which is plenty, uh, it, it's, it's never been one of those things where I was like, well, yeah, of course, you know, I fucking nailed that just like I had planned. I, I've always felt lucky when I have, um, I, I, the, the, you know, the only good thing about it is, I don't know if it's a good thing, but it's not, it's not a game over if you don't get it. It's basically a, Hey, go back out there, wear them down again. And, and, Try again, you know, which, which can be frustrating. Um, you know, but if, if you're playing through this game efficiently, I, you'll, you'll get back there again in no time. I, I think you can, you can finish this game up. It's, it's a 15 minute game. Um, if you, you know, kind of stay focused and plug along. Uh, but yeah, that, that little final thing against Jaws is, is, is difficult. But I as another one of those things as a kid, I, I love that it wasn't just a matter of getting his life bar down to zero and that was the end of the game. That it it did go to this weird little the first first person type scene where you had to run him through with a boat. Uh it 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 was it was neat. It was neat then. Um I found out even now I still and I, I, mean, I finished him up a couple times playing through it for this, uh, was always surprised when I ran Jaws through, uh, I, I was never confident in it. It just, it's, it's one of those things that it just eventually happens for you.
0: Yeah, I did get lucky this time. And, and yes, it's a first person scene, your boat's in the middle at the very bottom. You can see like the, 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 the front of your boat and he will swim Kind of at your boat, but also he does move left and right, like Billy said. So you're mm-hmm. supposed to kind of follow him. And at a certain point, when he's right in front of the boat, like literally, uh, I mean, you you feel like you're you could almost touch him with the boat as it is. You're supposed to hit the A button, and you have three strobe lights. Uh, every time you hit a strobe light, he will jump in the air, and then but he jumps directly up. So it's not like he jumps and will move in a direction like yeah. wherever he is. He jumps, but if you're not, you can't move to where he is. So he he stays relative to the front of your boat when he jumps up. Basically, uh, it makes it very awkward. So if he's not right in front of your boat, if you hit A when he's not in front of your boat, you'll never hit him. But if he's right in the middle, right in front of your boat, and literally as close to the screen as he could get, and then you hit that B button, your boat will jam forward and stab Jaws on the heart, instantly killing him. Uh, you will then get to see him fall to the uh, fall back into the ocean, and the game just gives you an eye the end. Uh, which is great, mm-hmm. but it, it was... It took me so long to actually nail it. I, like, cheered. I stood up, and I was Ooh. like, yes! This is the best day of my life! Yeah. And my son was like, Jeremy, you need to get outside more. But I still thought it was... Well worth doing, because it is It is a short game. This reminds me very much of those later Atari games, where it was, you know, it, they, there weren't very many Atari games that had an ending, so if you had one it was going to end in 15-20 minutes, you just had to figure out what to do. That's what this reminded me of, because it was, like, once you get the core game down, you're like, okay, I go back and forth like five times, then all of a sudden I take on Jaws, and as long as I don't make a mistake and get hit by a jellyfish or something else where I lose part of my level... You're good to go, mm-hmm. but, but if in, in kind of a shmup fashion, if you do make those mistakes, if you get to power level four, and then you get killed by a jellyfish, and then you're trying to get more shells, you get killed by another fish you're not paying attention to or whatever, then you're all, you might as well just hit reset and start over again, because you've lost 15 minutes of time of gathering shells uh, and, and trying to catch anything. Now, I did, I did mention um, if you get lucky and get a smaller shark that's not Jaws in those side scrolling sections, there is a bonus game and I think the bonus game is the funniest part of the game to me because it doesn't make any it sense is. whatsoever. Uh, if you can kill a shark, and sometimes it takes two sharks, but either way, a non-Jaws shark in the side-scrolling sections, they guarantee drop a shell, which is great, but also sometimes it will have a bonus game where you're flying around on a plane dropping bombs on jellyfish like it's Galaga underwater. It's great. I love it, but it's clearly like, what? They just needed to add something else. So like, you know what we're going to do? We're going to make Galaga, and we're just going to make it with jellyfish, and that's it. Yeah, yeah it, it, it's, it's it, fine. It's, it's good. It's, it's a fun yeah. little mini-game.
1: It is it, a jaunty little tune. Uh, it's it's a lot of fun. I I can't say I have ever cleared out every single one of them, uh, but no, it's it's and it's a great little diversion too. Like it's it, it's definitely something that kind of kind of breaks up what you know. Even as somebody who yes, who still loves it to this day, <laughs> but there is a monotony to it, and that is one one little neat thing that kind of breaks up the monotony of the whole thing.
2: I I think overall like there a lot of this game isn't bad at all like even like the action sections like the way the diver moves and things like that it's it's kind of one of those games where it's it's easy to get lulled into a certain kind of like well you know it's just going and going but every every once in a while you know something'll surprise you you, you know the way the mm-hmm. uh, your diver moves or something you know you'll hit something or you you know die and so, or whatever and it's just it's a fun it's not good. I don't think the game is good, but I think it's, it's, it's fine. Uh, You know, all the parts to it, it, it's, it's looks good. Like the music is strangely good and calming at times. Like the music that plays when you're underwater, like I, I can still remember Mm -hmm. that to a T like it is just in my brain forever. It's, it's not bad at all, but it's just, I think it's, when they tried to put all of this together into a game that works, that people would want to sit down and play, I, I just I think that's where they failed.
0: I think this is more like Friday the 13th, in that once you figure out what you're doing, you're like, okay, I get how to play this game. And it's not a great game, but it's not bad. You know, it's notoriously, like Friday the 13th is one of those games where it's like, oh, that game's terrible, blah, blah, blah. But then you actually figure it out. It's like, no, it's not. I mean, it's not great. But they did kind of succeed in making a game that is about... You know, in this case, killing a shark—it is. It it, you know, why are you going and collecting shells? Sure, if you only watch Jaws and they wanted a movie version of that or a game version of that, you're not going to get it here. But I think it as a game, it makes total sense, and it works. And I like that it's a fast turnaround. Um, again, it's a very early NES game. If this would have come out towards the end of the system, it would be inexcusably simple and not not worth mentioning at all. But it's not. It's not bad. This is an LJN game that I think is worth checking out, but is. Not good either. It's it's not as bad as it as, oh, as it gets no, the word no. for it. But I do enjoy it now that I know what to play it. Now I know now that I know how to play it and finish it. I do like it now. How often will I ever play this again? I probably won't unless I'm trying <laughs> to show somebody how easy it is to finish Jaws. But you know, it was neat to figure it out. And again, I did feel like I accomplished something when I finally took that shark down.
1: Yeah. Oh yeah. It's definitely one of the. Uh, I I think for my NES game playing days, it was one of the better feelings. Accomplishments, because yeah, you you you've earned that one. But I, I am glad to, to hear I, we're we're kind of three out of three. I think we feel about the same way that it's 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 not a good game by far, but it does its thing, and it does it all right. Uh, it is one of those I look back on fondly, and I was really happy to see. I'm still I I still enjoy. It. I will play. I will be playing this again one day. On down the line, I guarantee you there's going to be a, a really bored night and uh, I am going to throw Joe jaws on again just to play through uh, probably fail at killing jaws the first time around but eventually I'll get him again because uh, it is I, I think it is definitely one of the more enjoyable 15 20 minute loops you can spend uh, playing a, playing an old Nintendo game that that's not very demanding and there's not a lot of story the world's not at stake uh that you know there's no princess to rescue it's just you know your your desire to kill this fucking shark and that is that's the game
0: That's surprisingly. Our thoughts on Jaws for the NES, a game that none of us necessarily would recommend, but also it's not that bad. Uh, it's worth checking out. Uh, again, if you're if you're trying to play through the NES library, you're definitely going to play worse games than Jaws. Uh, I feel bad that we didn't do the patrons request. So I do want to say again, uh, 16-Bit Big Boss, we will be covering your game next episode. I wanted to make sure I could play it enough. Uh, And so if you want us to cover your game, like we're going to do next episode for the 16-Bit Big Boss, the best way to do that is to join our Patreon. Uh, You can there force us to cover your game, but also you get bonus episodes of this podcast. You get three per month. We're at over 100 bonus shows. You sign up, you immediately get access to all those shows, plus all the other new ones that come out. And you can find the link to that Patreon either in the description for this podcast or at Retrovania.net. There's also links to our social media pages, everything Retrovaniacs, but at the very bottom of this page is a question form, and you can fill out any question you want. Send it to us, and we'll answer it on the show like we're going to do right now.
2: That's right, boys and girls, and today we're starting off with Fully Pooted, and he's wanting to know about your kids.
0: (laughs) Great.
1: Jesus.
2: Hey, podcast friends, I get the idea that you all have kids, so I wanted to ask, did you ever intend to have your kids play the games that you played as a kid or just let them play more modern games? Also, what are your thoughts on parents that want their kids to start gaming with the NES or games that they grew up with instead of letting them play, letting them play
1: on that sweet, sweet iPad? Um, I, I, uh, my, my son is is, is older now. Uh, he's, he's a grown man now. Uh, but no, um, growing up, I, I, he saw me playing a lot of games. I, th- I think we were about in the uh, the '64 kind of PS2 era at that point in time when he was growing up. Um, and but I, I never really you know instilled in him it's like hey these this is back when games were games and you know and I, you guys what you fucking got nowadays. I, I think it I think it helps that I keep up with modern gaming. Like, I, I, there was not a point where I cut off, and that was the end all be all of when games were good. Um, I, I always had an appreciation. He, he, from the time he was kind of able to, to play, kind of just played what I did, and I was playing the the newer stuff, you know. Um, uh, there, there were games that he would latch on to, uh, that, that I wasn't. Big on, but I would play a little bit. I we're, I mean we're talking like Minecraft. We're talking things like that, modern day games. Um, but he would pick up over time, um, and actually now he's he's out there collecting a lot of retro things. Um, he he would just kind of pick up that appreciation, you know. And every now and then he'd ask, "Hey, what was a good game from this?" Or like, "If I want to try this system, what do you recommend?" And that's you know. That's when I was there for it, but I didn't feel there was any any reason to really you know make him sit there <laughs> and play through older games just for just for the purpose of, of proving some point that he wouldn't get because it's not really a point. Uh, but no, um, he he kind of on his own developed um, an appreciation uh, for a lot of a lot of older games. It was something that you know. Around the house, it was there for him to play when he wanted to. Um, you know, I, I was always more than happy to pop on something, but but otherwise, I kind of let him do his thing and and you know, sort of sort of find his own way with it. Uh, my kids are younger, uh, nine and eleven right now, as of
0: recording this podcast. And for them, you know, the switch has kind of been their system forever. We had a Wii U, and they did use it on occasion, but they didn't really both get into gaming too much till the Switch. I mean, they had iPads and they played Minecraft, but they didn't start like, I want to buy this game or dad, I really am interested in the new Kirby game or anything till the Switch. Uh, and kind of because I have the Switch online service and they do see me playing these older games and mm-hmm. stuff. They've, they have tried classic Marios. They've tried, like my son, my youngest son right now is playing through Mario 64 on his own. He just thought he saw it on the, the N64 game list uh, on the Switch, and was like, I want to try this. And after the first level, he's like, oh, I see. And now he's playing through it and is really enjoying it. So I think it's cool when they find something like that, that they want to try, but I'm not forcing them to try any of it. I, I mean, there have been games we cover for the podcast. I'm like, I got to have him try this to see if if it even makes any sense to him. But otherwise, I'm not like, no, you have to play these NES games because that's how men play games. I, I don't, you know, whatever. Mm-hmm. He he wants to play Mario Odyssey or Sonic Frontier. Great. That's, that's more his speed. They like... Current games, uh, I still play current games like Billy, so I think that's that does help kind of get them into the hobby. But I haven't forced them to play. Honestly, I tried to keep them away from games for a long time, um, but it's just impossible, especially with COVID uh, previously and everyone locked in their house for a year and a half. Uh, I was like, hey, you know what, we're gonna do? We're gonna play a lot of video games. So <laughs> now they're just hooked. But uh, yeah, I, I think it's cool if they if they want to try these things. But I'm not forcing them to play older stuff at all. I, there's all the the modern benefits of games and all the modern like. Conveniences. Uh, I don't think they have the patience to go back and play something that that doesn't have save states, doesn't have not save states, doesn't have auto saves, doesn't have uh, the ability to, to to save your progress and come back later or put it to sleep mode. Uh, if I was like, no, you spent eight hours playing, you know, Guardian Legend, you don't have a choice. That's what it is. There's no chance they're going to do it.
2: Well, I don't have kids, so <laughs> I can't say what I do. I, you know, I definitely would not sit there and make them play Jaws. Let's say, you know, that's mm. just uh, it, you just. Don't do that. I don't know. Like, that, I've seen people say things like this, and it's worrying. Like, don't do not do that to your kids. Let, it's, I, I was talking to my brother about it not too long ago, and it's like, you sit them down and you put Mario on one screen and Fortnite on the other. What would we have chosen when we were kids right. if we mm. had that, you know? We would have went with Fortnite. <laughs> you know, no contest. You know, that would have been amazing. And it, they're going to go with Fortnite now, you know, it's, it's just let them play what they want. And like Billy said, let them kind of discover it if they want to. It, I, I think just making them play these, these old games, just because you played them is, it, it's, it's not good for the kid. If, if you want them to hate video games, maybe do that. You know, who, who at the, at school is going to be like, Hey, what are you playing? You play, oh, I'm playing Apex. What are you playing? Fortnite. Well, what do you got? Well, I'm playing Goonies. Hey! (laughs) like like it's just not going to work out for them you know it's an easy bullying talk let them be a kid let them play what they want to play and if that other stuff comes into something you know that they want to get into that's fine but yeah thanks for writing in fully pooted and we're going to go next to craig hey craig and he's writing in about weapons hey my favorite podcast goons quick question In games that allow you to select a weapon type, do you go for the faster weapons with less damage, or do you prefer the slower, heavier weapons that have massive, massive damage? Thanks for the podcast, blah, blah, blah. He actually wrote blah, blah, blah. I didn't say that, just be an asshole. But yeah, Yeah. what what weapons do you guys choose?
1: Uh, It's always a slower... If we're talking about guns in games, yeah, we're talking about like you you got your shotgun and things like that. Something that is that is slower. You're not going to get off a ton of shots in a row, but but what shots you do get off are, they're going gonna know you're there. I like that not just because like the you know the big damage, because I, I just I kind of like that. I like that strategy of just kind of making sure, and that's the case in a lot of games with a a, a slow weapon that it's hard. Is that you've got to you've got to get yourself in a position where kind of every shot counts it's a lot less just kind of blind uh, usage of the weapon and and a little more strategizing so I, it kind of just leans into how I like to play a lot of a lot of different games
0: I think I fall into the same camp. I'd rather have less yeah. shots that do more damage. Uh, however, I do have to clarify, it's got to be something like a shotgun or a rocket, or, yeah. or uh, if it's a sniper rifle, there's a 0% chance I'm picking that. I suck oh, at uh, any game with a uh, sniper rifle. I fucking
1: suck with those. Yeah, it's awful.
0: And, and I want to be better with them. Like, any game where you have to use it for a certain section, I dread. I, d- I mean, Metal Gear. We- we've talked about Metal Gear Solid 3. There's a whole section you have to snipe out, and it's my least favorite part of the game, because I'm always like... Where am I looking for this guy? And it, like an hour and a half later, I'm like, there he went. Oh well, never mind. Yeah, I stuck with sniper rifles. But if if it's something, especially if it's like a shotgun, that that's my go-to for any kind of range fight. But even with Street Fighter Six, we've been talking about that lately. Uh, and I've mm. I've just, I've kind of fallen onto uh, Marisa because she's a slow, heavy-hitting character. She's fast when she wants to attack, but it's like shoot you three times. That's half your life bar. <laughs> I need yeah. that. I don't need to hit you 75 times to do a, sl- mm. a sliver of damage because I'm not going to hit you that many times. I'm I'm the same way. Like if there's a
2: heavier weapon, then I'm usually going for that one. Uh, you know, is it like uh, the Elden Ring and and stuff like that? Like if the if it's if it takes a little bit of wind up time, I enjoy that. It, it kind of makes it into its own little strategy, like like Billy mentioned. And one of my favorite weapons in Destiny Two was um, that big ass minigun that you just had to pull up and. Oh yes. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> it, it just. It was so much fun because you had to, like, whenever you wanted to start doing it, you know, there's this wind-up time where he puts the gun down and, you know, it starts to wind up. It takes, like, three or four seconds before it ever actually starts to shoot. But when it starts shooting, it's over for anyone that's in front of you. So there was always that extra bit of strategy. It's like, all right, I'm going around this corner. I think there's someone around there. I'm going to pull this damn thing down. You know, you walk even slower when you're doing it. So, you know whenever you do turn that corner and just blast someone into oblivion, it's, it's all the more satisfying. Uh, but yeah, that's, that's generally what I go with. Yeah. Yeah. Thanks for writing in Craig. Next question comes in from K rule and he's writing to say, you are all old. (laughs) Correct. Greetings. (laughs) Greetings from exotic North Dakota. I love the show and have been slowly catching up during my work days. I was actually under the impression that you were all in your 30s, but in a recent episode that I listened to, you all mentioned that you are actually in your 40s. I couldn't hardly believe it. I didn't think senior citizens such as yourselves could even operate computers, let alone run a seemingly popular podcast. How does it feel to be completely ancient? Also, if you could choose an age to go back to, or even a certain gaming generation, what would it be? Please don't die of old age. I actually like the podcast quite a bit.
0: First off, I'd like to say thank you for saying seemingly popular podcast. That makes me feel good that, <laughs> that you think it's popular, but it's fully aware that it's not. That's cool. Um First off, you know what? Yes, you're right. If I was, if I expected this to be in our 30s, I would then think we're ancient at 40. But we're the prime age that grew up with all these console games. Like, we're not here to talk about old computers with punch cards. We're not that old. We're, we're like, we grew up with the Atari and the Intellivision and the Nintendo. Like, this is what we grew up with. But that's okay. Um, I don't want to go back to an age where this console was there because I can't imagine anything less exciting than going back through grade school. But I would love to go back to the 8-bit era. That's my favorite. That's the, the stuff I play the most right now. If I could play these games new again the first time in that that setting, like, those were those were amazing times for gaming. Uh, but uh, for everything else, no. There's no chance in hell I'd go back in time. i go back in time to 25 uh, when I could afford to pay for all these games I want without having to worry about having children i have to pay for instead. That That's a good age to go to. But time frame, console time, 8-bit. Ooh.
1: I I, I just, uh, once again, yes. Thank you for for acknowledging that the, you find the podcast uh but you know popular uh i, I think it does all right as far as us being old man to, I, I may be paraphrasing i don't know the exact quote it was on a, it was on it was in a cemetery what is it it was the whole uh, as you are now so once was i as i am now so you must be which means you're going to be an old fuck one day too um but if I had to go back, I don't know if I go back. I fucking goddamn, I love just talking today. I love goddamn Tears of the Kingdom and Diablo Four. I love all this shit. And if you go back, that means you don't have the stuff now, right? I mean, why not just hang out now when you have all the stuff then, and and the new stuff? Like I don't, don't want to fucking wake up and it's fucking 1995 and I've I got that Super Nintendo and you know that the, the the PS one, but I I don't have anything else like in the future. I, I I don't know. I'm not one of those. that's very, uh, I am nostalgic, but I just like we were talking about the, the question about, uh, with, with kids is I'm not one of those. This, this was the time. This was the place. Um, I mean, if anything. caused me to go back, I would go back to a time where I had more time to play games. (laughs) But if we went that far back, I mean, you know, I'm I'm still playing some old shit at that point. Uh but no, for for a podcast where you do old games, because I do love retro games. I, I really do. Uh it's it's a passion of mine. It would be really fucking weird for me to be on here if it wasn't. Uh but no, I just I, I, I appreciate what I have now too. I, I wouldn't want to kind of buttonhole myself in by by heading on back and then missing out on these these modern day luxuries.
2: I if if you had to make me choose I'd probably go back to to 90 through 95. I think that was my favorite time as far as gaming goes, you know, it was the Super NES and uh just a just a really good time uh, for me and playing games and I I remember that that time very fondly, um, but I, I was going to ask you like, what we we aren't old, <laughs> like it's, it, it. I feel like this is something that the internet has done over the years because I'm pretty sure I remember a couple of decades ago, like being in your 40s was kind of you were still. N- middle age in the prime of your life you know you were still like a good 20 years away from ordering ordering off the, the senior citizens menu at denny's you know it's mm-hmm. it, it seems like from 2005 on like the ages that are considered old have been pushed down dramatically and i don't know why i don't know if that's just because of the internet and you know who's on the internet because it really feels like you know from Fifteen to twenty-five—that's that's young. And after twenty-five, then you're kind of getting into middle age. There, and if you're over forty, then you're basically a senior citizen. Mm. And uh, you know, I—it's—it's it's just weird. God. I don't know. There, I don't—I don't feel like I'm that old. I'm getting on porn sites now. I'm getting granny porn ads. Like, oh man, I don't even. I'm into those some are, weird those shit are usually... sometimes.
1: Those are usually based on what you watch.
2: Now, I was going to say, like, you (laughs) you know, you think that's what I watch. I don't, (laughs) I'm into some weird shit, but I don't like granny porn. It's just based on my age, I guess. And it's just like every time I see it, I'm just like, God damn it, I'm not that old. Hmm. So
0: I I don't, I don't know what's going on. Well, I I would say in the gaming community, I do feel like. Uh, we're a little old, but in the uh the punk rock playing out in bands community, I'm four billion years old, and so this I don't feel so old doing this. uh Do I feel old uh playing at a uh, arguable house show with a bunch of eighteen year olds? I certainly do, and uh, I can't say I haven't done that in the last five years. So I'd much rather be slightly old on this podcast. <laughs> yeah, it's it's just I'm I'm fine with how old I am, but
2: it's just weird that I'm thought of as being that old. You know, it's it's like God damn, I'm not ancient yet. Still got a little ways to go, uh, but yeah. Who wrote this? Uh, K rule. Fuck you. Next question <laughs> comes in from Hogballs. Hogballs fears nuts aplenty, and oh Jesus! Uh, <sighs> oh God, have mercy on our souls here. And he's wanting to talk about the game genie. Yo, dudes, my twelve-year-old son has taken a liking to all things retro. He now owns my old NES console, my old Super NES console, and he recently got delivered an original first-gen Game Boy. Anyway, yeah. I hope you listened to that question before here just a few minutes ago. He's super into retro stuff but just got himself a Game Genie for his OG Game Boy and is just now discovering the magic of inputting both the provided codes and just bashing in his own to see what happens. It brings back memories of when I got a Game Genie for Christmas one year and was so pumped to dust off dust off like 20 nes games that had collected dust due to their difficulty any Mm. of you guys have any game genie memories or stories was it as awesome as you all as it was to me did y'all experiment with typing in your own codes and get any fun or silly results anyway keep up the good work as always and shut up and take my money thanks guys
1: Mm. um well i'm glad Hogballs jr is (laughs) is enjoying all that um but uh, only game genie I had was the, um, I, I think the original, the NES uh, game genie. And yeah, I, I would oftentimes just just put bullshit in there, never got anything out of it. Um, but I, I it was it was great. Um, I just I remember using it, I think on punch out uh, to where you 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 wouldn't lose any stamina like when you got hit or when you blocked. Um, I, that, I didn't even beat Mike Tyson with that. I, I, I was game genie free when I did that. I'll have, you know, um, but no, and there was another, one. I think the one that I, I, that really, that's, I only remember really two besides just the kind of generic, you know, infinite lives, things like that. Uh, yeah, that, that uh, most games had to be honest uh, and vulnerability. I think a lot of them had Yeah. Uh, I, one. I remember being a real game changer, even though I remember it fucked things up more often than not was uh Zelda two. There was a game genie code I put in where you could walk over basically any part of the train. Like you to walk through the mountains. You walk over the, over the water, um, to get the areas, otherwise you would have to go through a cave to get to, or you have to do this to get through. Um, and I, that, that was a double-edged sword because it was kind of neat. Sometimes it paid off, but sometimes you would get just stuck also. Uh, so, yeah, it was, it was kind of one of those things where you, not only did you use the code, but you kind of had to know how to use the code. And where you could go. And that was only done by trial and error. And there was a lot of restarting the game. Uh so yeah, that that it was neat to be able to do that, but it, it maybe wasn't the most useful, but it was one of those that really stood out to me. Otherwise, I did it was just a really generic, you know, if if a game had an infinite life code, I'd put it in. Things like that. Uh, but no, loved, loved, loved the game genie. Um it, it was definitely one of those I would, I kind of had an etiquette with myself where I would rent a game and I would play it and I would try to try to get through it on my own. But if, it, if we were down to like, all right, this game's got to go back this afternoon. Like, all right, let's pop the Game Genie in and let's see the ending to this damn game. Basically, let's do, let's kick in the infinite lives. Let's finish this thing. And uh, that's what I did most
0: of the time. Yeah, that's exactly. I didn't have a Game Genie at, for anything, but I, I had plenty of friends with Game Genies for the Nintendo. I don't think I ever tried the Game Boy or Genesis Game Genie or, no, uh, or was I it never. Ultimate Game Replay or whatever the thing was for PlayStation. Uh, I do... Uh, we use it just to see the end of games we couldn't beat. A lot of the yeah. time it was invincibility Um, I do remember using it for Mike Tyson's punch out. It's the first time I ever saw somebody, you know, beat Mike Tyson was with that code, but it, you know, what's the challenge? So it was always like, yeah, it's neat to see where the game is, but it still felt like cheating. So I didn't ever have one. No shame in having one, but I I just didn't have one. And I do remember there were a lot of codes, even some of the ones that came with the book that would cause the game to glitch out uh, or go a little crazy, especially if you in your own. Your own codes, like just nothing good ever happened from that in my experience. Um, but it was neat to do it. But it was always one of those, like, yeah, that's cool. Let's try to really play the game now. And then after getting frustrated for a couple hours, just put an in invincibility. Let's see the end. Let's do that. Mm-hmm. The only
2: the only reason I ever ended up with one was I had this Super NES Game Genie, and that was because you could change the blood in or the sweat in Mortal oh, Kombat yeah. to, to red, and so you could sort of have blood in the Super NES version of Mortal Kombat. It wasn't very impressive. It was just a literal palette swap and, you know, it did cause issue with, with other things in the game. But still, you know, you could do it and it, yeah. <laughs> just like a lot of these other games that they're talking about, there were consequences usually to using that game genie. And I know a lot of people that really liked tinkering with it. They liked breaking the games and seeing what they could and couldn't get away with. And I think that's really the best thing I can say about the Game Genie was it was there for people that really enjoyed that kind of tinkering. You know, there really wasn't any way to edit games and stuff like that back then. You know, we were still a ways away from having personal computers where we can just, you know, load up a hex editor or whatever and do whatever the hell we want. But yeah, that was really about the only way that you could really screw around with the game's code back then. And I... For that, I, I think the Game Genie was, was more than worth it. I was just never that person. And, you know, it's it still amazes me to this day that people really got into that so much where they could really get down into it and be like, all right, I can change this for you. Like, I know exactly what to put in just to change this part of the game or, or make you invincible. It's going to break the rest of the game, but I can do this. And that was always impressive. But yeah, thanks for writing in Hogballs, fears, nuts, oh, plenty. My God. Next question comes in from Plane Mech, and I should have read this question about a month ago. It's about the creepiest fishing game. Hey guys, just wondering if any of you, especially Billy, have had the chance to play the game Dredge. <laughs> I just bought it. I just bought it on Steam, and it's one of the best fishing games I think I've ever played. Oh, Not too often you find a game that has something relaxing like fishing, mixed in with creepy Lovecraftian vibes. Highly recommended.
1: Man. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I, I played it, played it very thoroughly. <laughs> I think I picked that one. I think I had that one finished within a week of picking it up. It was, it was such an enjoyable game. It's supposed to have DLC coming. Um, I, I think including some story DLC. So I'm kind of, I'm kind of hanging out waiting for that. But yeah, um, I, I played through, um, Intended to catch every damn fish there was and do all the side quests. As it stands, I I think I knocked out all the side quests, but one or two. Plenty of fish left to catch, but I really enjoyed the game. Uh, it, it was done really well. Uh, great atmosphere to it. Uh, great fishing mechanics. Yeah, I, I that was definitely one of the, the better gaming experiences I had this year.
0: Yeah, I, I mean, I think we can all say we liked it. Uh, if you are a yeah. patron, you could have listened to the bonus episode we did on it. Yes. I realize you said that we should have read yes. this months ago, and we should have. But, you know, and any, any reason to pimp out our Patreon, I'm <laughs> going to do yeah. so. Uh, yeah. We did a whole episode on Dredge. Uh, you could find that on our Patreon feed. That is correct, Plain, me- plain Mech. Thanks for writing in.
2: We're going to go with one more question here. And this one comes in from Eric Shun. Eric Shun? Either one. And he's writing pretty in... pretty sure, <laughs> sure
0: that was erection. 99% sure that was
2: erection. Okay, games. St- <laughs> no, God damn it! Our, You're right. Not our, li- not our You're listeners. Fu- Come on, man. Come on.
0: <laughs>
2: I didn't even write this one in. <laughs> oh my god! God damn it! That's an, I was literally sitting here being like, man, I should try to actually like pronounce his name correctly, mm-hmm. and you know, it could be Shun, you know, Asian listeners. Yeah, that's, that's
1: that's it's a hard one to pronounce. Fucking Christ. <laughs>
2: Anyway, this asshole's wanting to know about (laughs) games to hop in and out of. Looking for some suggestions on games to play that are easy to pick up and put down. Something that you can stop playing for a while and then come back to without having to feel like you have no idea what's going on. Dead Cells is the main one that was holding my Mm. interest so far. Then, Then some Mario 3D World with my daughter. What games do you guys recommend, old or new? Maybe one of each.
1: Thanks. I mean, uh, you, you, you've you nailed a couple of great ones right there. Um, I would say new as far as what I'm playing right now. Diablo 4 um, is one of those where I'll, I'll jump on and I'll either play to get a mission done or I'll, I'll say I'll play until I hit a new level. Um, I'll, there's kind of things like that. Uh, you know, with older games, I, I think it's a lot harder to pop in and out of a lot of retro games just because a lot of them just don't work that way. You know, unless you want to throw a password in here and there. Um, but I yeah a lot of party type games, a lot of games um, like you're talking about, like the Mario games where you can get on and just knock out a level and then move on. I I think these these Zelda games lately have been pretty damn good. And I think even back on the 64, I think Ocarina of Time was one of those games I'd pick up. It's like, all right, let's find a new area to hit or let's knock a temple out tonight and then come and go. A lot of games lend themselves to that. I I find now with a lot more kind of open world games, especially ones where you get multiple kind of missions and and quests and things like that. it's, it's It's a lot easier when there's a lot more to do to just be able to get on and play for 10 minutes and, and, Still have a satisfying experience, still feel like you've done something. Um, and I mean we all know my big one, fucking start twice in one episode, star do, I'm bookending at the beginning and end. Get on there if I like, can 15 minutes, you can play a day or two in-game and you know, get get something done. Um, but no, right now, like if you want fresh at this time. That Diablo for my money and even Tears of the Kingdom are two games that are great for just dropping in, making something happen, dropping out, and then just, you know, a week can go by and you can jump back on and, I mean, you get right back to it.
0: Yeah, I was going to say Tears of the Kingdom is a great choice. That's how I'm yeah. playing it. I play it in tiny bursts, and so you can save it yes. em- pretty, pretty much anywhere. Come right back to it if you're willing to explore. I'm sure if, at some point I'll get into the game itself, and I'll decide I need hours to play through it. But no, I play it for half an hour, put it down, no problem. Um, for retro games, I would say if you're trying to just find something you can pick and put down, just find any of the classic kind of arcade-style games. Any any shmup, mm. any, you know, the ports of Pac-Man or Dig or things like that where you can just play through a game for five, ten minutes, see how high you can get on a score. Burger time. I can play burger time every day. I don't have to play it for months. Come back. I'm just as good at it. Um, that, that's, I think retro games are actually better for that because they they were designed for people to play in small bursts. Uh, but there are certainly longer games. You know, you're not going to play Final Fantasy that way. But most classic games, Jaws, like we talked about today. I mean, I again, I don't know if I'd recommend it specifically, but if you like it, it's a 15-minute game. No problem there. But uh, otherwise, for new games, yeah, Mario 3D World you just mentioned, that's a great one. I'm playing through that actually again right now with my younger son who loves that game. Uh, and you can, I mean, you can play two or three levels or you can play one level and just say I'm done right now and try to get all the little hidden things in each level. It's a great pickup and put down game. Same with Mario Odyssey. So yeah, stick with Mario, the classic games, Tales of, uh, Tears of the Kingdom more, or pretty much any arcade style classic game. Uh, one of my f- favorite like, recent games to just kind
2: of pop in and out of is, is Vampire Saviors uh, for the Xbox oh. and PC. Like, that is so much fun just to get in there and, and play, like, 15, 20 minutes, and you you feel like you've accomplished something. You know, it's, it's addictive. You can jump out of it, come back, you know, a day later and, and jump back in and, and have just as much fun with it. And they're actually adding co-op to it here pretty soon. So that would... I can't even imagine... That game with co-op, it 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 just it would be pure insanity. Uh, But for a retro game, I got this little game for you called General Chaos for the Sega Genesis. It is a perfect game to jump in with a friend, and you can play a few rounds. You know, take take your army against the other army. It's uh, the rounds don't last too long. You don't really know what's even going on, and you know, at the end of it, something happens. Somebody wins. And you're all better off for it. So, does, I, it, does anybody really win? I you, no, but still, it's a fun time, and it's it's one of those games that I always enjoyed renting as a kid, especially to play with my cousin. I know we make fun of it a lot on here, but goddamn it, it was it was my go-to for the Sega Genesis for a long time. If if people were going to be over for the weekend, um, hmm. but yeah, thanks for writing in, Eric. Uh, I think that's going to do it for questions this time if you want to fucking write a stupid ass name to trip me up on send it over to retrovania.net scroll it all the way down and send it away and by god we'll eventually read it even if it's months late like these are currently but uh yeah thanks for everyone for writing in
0: and and again, if you're looking for more of this show, I mean sure, you, you're like, I love two episodes a month, I wish there was more. The other way to get more, more of the show, other than start your own podcast and pretend to RetroVaniacs, is to join our Patreon, also found on retrovania.net, where there's three bonus shows per month that are never going to be on this live feed. But also if you want us to cover your game, that's the best way to force it to happen. And I promise we're gonna get to it, 60 Minute Big Boss. The next episode should be about your game, and we'll see you then.